By Grabthar's hammer, you shall be avenged. It's <laughs> 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 oh, a hell of a which hammer was, as well. Yeah, which was funny because it, it was a comedy film, but if it wasn't funny, then that would be that would be yeah, odd. That would, that would be um, really oh. Lucy's watching that right now as we record this. Lucy's downstairs watching Galaxy Quest because it's rocked up on Netflix. Let's... Which is great because it's hard to find in physical print yeah, in the it's UK. Oddly, it's one of those movies that's, that's a lot of people like, and it's generally well regarded, but it's oddly hard to find. Uh, um, like a DVD release in two thousand or whatever. Yeah, like a lot and of that was kind like, of it. True Lies is really hard to find. Lucy got me that for Christmas two years ago, and she was like, it's "That like, was a bastard to get." Yeah, it's not readily available in a lot of places. Weirdly, mm. um. Despite being one of James Cameron's most celebrated action flicks. It's a, it's a James Cameron movie and a Schwarzenegger movie. Like, you'd mm. think it would be easy to find. But no. Apparently Featuring not. the most awkward and yet somehow still kind of sexy striptease sequence from Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis in that movie. No. Mm. Can't, can't, mm, mm, mm. Mm. Uh, that's all I've got. <laughs> uh, so... Sometimes awkward sexy is the new sexy. Uh, well, see, quite. See Karen Gillan's weird dancing in Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Well, well, anyway, yeah, yeah true, <laughs> true. Um, we are coming to you from the past, obviously, but like further back than usual Obst, this yeah, week, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Because well, uh, further back than usual, but still ahead enough that we can talk about stuff that's still relevant to this week. Yeah, I know, right? Thank you, the pop culture gods, for imbuing us with some fun. Um, Welcome to the Big Damn Cast. Nerdy news, geeky gossip, stuff that's fit to fill your time until inevitably bigger stories come out before Thursday's release of this episode. My name is Chris, just a simple man making his way through the galaxy, Johnson. (laughs) Uh, My name is, 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 is Matt, and I do this podcast with this simple man. Oh, that famous line from the Mandalorian yeah. episode, <laughs> episode six of yeah. series two. Well, usually I do something <laughs> weird and you do something straight, so I did something straight today. Oh, ooh, well. Uh, are you sure straight's the key word after the absolute dad bod sexiness of our main topic this week? I am mm. seeing, I am seeing a love appreciation and resurgence overall for heavier set dudes in genre in in genre fiction and 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 sci-fi and fantasy and the majority of the reaction to it is like this is awesome to see and also ooh hi cuddly bobber um, <laughs> cuddly bobber <laughs> like we we suddenly you know we we are two heavier set gentlemen cosplay is something we can of course partake in should we wish but you kind of always want to cosplay close to your build sometimes like it makes it a little easier for yeah you to there's, there's no way to make yourself feel more self-conscious than try and squeeze yourself into something yeah tight. like stick it stick in a spider-man outfit on me I, I just look at myself in the mirror and go fucking hell I wish I wish I could do what. Do you see the Jack Black? Instagram oh yeah, post? I saw that. That was very funny. That, that man has like the most insane level of body confidence. Yeah, it's any great. human on this planet. Love great. him to death. But he also has the 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 guy in his fifties solid gut as well. Yeah, like he has a round belly that does not wobble. It's just a round <laughs> it's belly. Just 
So he's able to leap around. Yeah, it's a a proper pot belly. And he's able to just leap around and bound around all over the place and retain that exact same silhouette. Yeah. And it's like, that is... If I have to have my belly, can it be like solid like that belly? (laughs) Can it be a solid belly? Him leaping around in his his Spider-Man Far From Home (laughs) costume, just like doing Spider-Man stunts and being loosely superimposed, climbing up walls. So fucking good. Did you see the uh, the talk on... um, Twitter this this week uh, saying that people were petitioning for him to be in the MCU off of the back of that. They were like, come on, someone give him a role in the MCU. And people were saying things like, someone said like the Kingpin, to which I was like, no. They've got one and you're not going to get better. No. No. Um, it's a bad, also, some, it's a bad cast for Jack Black. Yeah. Like, the, the main take was people saying like, oh, he would have been an amazing Star-Lord. And it's like, yeah, but he's not Star-Lord, so maybe find a different way to cast him yeah. if it's a role that's already been bloody taken. Um. So there's that. And then I saw one suggestion, which was the best I've seen. Which is? Hercules. Hercules is actually really good, yeah. He'd be great. And I don't, and I, I mean, don't even, don't you dare get him to like do the. Oh, the, no. The, the Kamel Nanjani workout. Like, no. No. He's got to stay a big boy. He's got to stay a big boy <laughs> because Hercules is all about the bravado and the ego and the confidence. Yeah. Like. Just let him rock it. Give him, give him the straps and the shoulder things <laughs> and the toga. And, do you know what I mean? Just let him do it. He would be great. He would be so. I mean, obviously they'd have to lean completely into the comedy of Marvel's Hercules, like Jables Hercules. Yeah. J- <laughs> yes, 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 motherfucking yes. That I I can see and would be very happy with. That would be so much fun. And if you wanted to use him as a as a comic. It's like a comedic character, um, and you want to lean into the, the sort of absurdity of it. You could always go with something like uh, uh, him in some sort of parody cameo as D Man. Oh shit! Yes. <laughs> okay. It's like yeah, looking weirdest... like some weird, some weird Wolverine Daredevil knockoff superhero. Yep. Ooh, yeah. God, that would be good actually. Oh, I've got to see my mind's opening now. I'm just like, oh, right, what roles could Jack Black play in the MCU? My mind is opening like a flower. <laughs> you know what else is opening? What? The distribution possibilities for uh, new oh, films. Here we go. Here start it is. with Let's... the bad, everybody. Let's start with the bad. Well, it's, is it bad or is it just different? Yes. And that's the end of the story. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we'll see. Like, we're going to debate. We're going to debate and, uh, and, and discuss... The announcement that came out last week, which is that Warner Brothers, of course, Warner Pictures, uh, Time Warner, Warner Holes, the Warners, the Warners have uh, through their streaming service, uh, a co- a collaboration HBO Max, the main provider of all their digital streaming and back catalogue content going forward. Of course, not enough to entice people to subscribe um, in their droves yet, but whatever. I'm much this, more of a fan of, of, the, H- of HBO Derek. I like HBO Steve. HBO Steve. Oh, that's is the sound a, he makes when his service starts. Is there a free oh. tier called HBO Min? <laughs> HBO Adequate. H- HBO Non. <laughs> what is that? Well, you pay us four ninety nine a month. Yeah, you, you get it. nothing. All right, <laughs> you'll get nothing, and you'll like it. <laughs> You just get sent gifts of Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm to use at your <laughs> and that's it. Um, 
Oh, so, what, did we get an MP3 of the end title music? No. Oh. no. <laughs> uh, HBO Max. That's already Warner everywhere. Brothers. Oh, and is it beautiful? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like how your response was, <laughs> which was the most Larry David response you could have given. <laughs> um, they've re- they've re- revealed that um, following in the footsteps of Wonder Woman this December, which in America was coming out Christmas Day, held out for as long as it could, and then they made the decision last month of, nope, it's not going to happen. It's going to get a limited cinematic release in cities with, like, you know, the statistics and lower spikes of, of COVID-19 pandemic and things like that. So not us. So not us, yeah. Well, it's only in the states, isn't it? They're yeah. they're the only ones getting the theatrical release for now, because a lot of this news doesn't, and what we're about to talk about, doesn't reveal where the standing it's, is yeah, outside it's very of the US United States. Like, because HBO Max is a US only service, it's very uncertain as to what's going to happen for the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, so. But they've revealed that Wonder Woman's doing that whilst also going on HBO Max. The plan is a thirty-day release period in cinemas. And there would be a thirty-day period where it is on HBO Max. Um, would it return to HBO Max? That's to be decided. Maybe it would. Maybe it'd be behind a rental wall. Maybe it'd be like a year's time. But the point is, for the release month, you can watch it on HBO Max. Is it not and behind a rental wall for that release month? They've not said if it is as of this recording. Because that's they've what not, they've I not think... said if it's behind a rental. Because I think that that's the the going forward with the deal. This is what they're doing. That they're using this announcement now as a massive incentive to get end of year profit because mm. what they have announced ladies and gentlemen is that following in the footsteps of wonder woman all of their major slate releases that were scheduled for 2021 will be getting the exact same treatment basically next year every film released by warner will be on hbo max for 30 days at the same time it has a theatrical release. And that's a hell of a slate. We've got some heavy hitters coming next year. Oh, June? Even before Um, stuff had got put back. Yeah. Um, The Suicide Squad is in there. um, The Matrix 4. Matrix 4, Whatever that ends up being called. Yeah, which apparently is shooting right now. Like, it's it's on its way. So... I thought they'd wrapped on that. Because I know they'd, they'd done some more shooting earlier in the year during the pandemic after it had originally Oh, that's down. what I'm thinking of. Yes, because I remember they, they were talking about how they were having to adapt to, yeah. to figure it out. But I, I, I yeah, I, that might yeah. have wrapped already. So it'll be post-production, which I imagine as a Matrix movie made in 2020 is... There's a lot of it. Extensive, <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's some there's some big stuff on there. It's not like they're just going, oh, we're just going to put out some of our smaller releases. No. Or stuff, that, stuff that came out this year but was only out for a little while, we're just going to put it on HBO Max. Um, <clears throat> no, they're, they're doing this now. No, they're doing people, it soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, for people, <laughs> for people who are self-isolating, who have compromised immune systems, uh, are carers, work from home, circumstances that mean that you are at home during this pandemic, like completely outside mm. of essential trips, um, which is uh, people who you know have to be, or people who are being ultra sensible um, and knowing that they don't have to go out mm. to do recreational stuff in a pandemic. Yes, local businesses, it sucks that they're being hit, but they have to adapt in some way for people to be able to pay for them from home to support them and show them money. Click and collect, things like that. People will find ways. It's not up to the public to rescue small business. It shouldn't, sorry, it shouldn't be up to the public to rescue small business. There should be more support coming from above, but there isn't. 
we can do what we can. Small businesses need to adapt to work towards it. It sucks that we're in the situation. Remember that we are the next time you come to vote. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but uh, what this means is that people who are stuck at home have access to entertainment that they would have missed out on should they have to continue to isolate or, or stay at home. Quarantine. That's awesome. It also suggests that America isn't coming out of strict measures anytime soon. Fuck no. Because they're... if they're looking to do this throughout the entirety of 2021, that means that HBO Max, Warner, and whoever they've consulted with have looked at the statistics and gone, yeah, it ain't going to be safe to release shit no. anytime soon. Um, which is bad. Which is very, very bad. It's very, very bad. But they're at least going, we're not going to ask people to leave their house if they don't have the means to do it safely. Which like, is why I think... can watch stuff at home. It's why I think they, this stuff must be behind a rental <laughs> wall, because I don't think they... I don't think it's worth their bottom line for them to push this out with just the rental... With just the, well, the subscription fee. Well, talk is that the... Uh, the it was a thirty day trial for HBO Max went down to a seven day free trial. Oh, okay. So it's entirely possible that they are just relying on people going, "Oh, sod it! If there's going to be a new film every few weeks, I'll I'll buy I'll it." Re up, yeah. And then when you look at the price and you look at the the ongoing cost, because here's the thing: streaming services don't profit from you signing up, boys and girls. They profit from you just being complacent with being signed. Yeah. Up. They profit from you. Two, three years after you've signed up, you're barely watching the service, but or you you're not looking have, at the yeah. service, but you're still paying for it. That's what. That's where the profit for Netflix, for Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, that's where, you know, PlayStation Now, like, that's where the profit for all these things comes from, really. It comes from the months where you're not really paying attention to it anymore, Yeah, but, you, but you're still paying for it. Um, so HBO Max <clears throat> doing this may or may not pay for a lot of these movies like just in HBO Max subscriptions this year. Um, hmm. And then in the coming years, raking the profit going forward. Also think of it as the limited window. Like 30-day window. Yeah. If people don't catch that movie in the 30-day window, they're going to go, oh, shit. And they'll definitely buy it when it then becomes available for digital purchase or Blu-ray or whatnot in, in the month after. Mulan's main profit, for example... Uh, Disney Plus tried it where they put Mulan out um, available to to rent and it was yeah. very expensive and not in a because uh, we kind of we were talking about this earlier in the year we kind of expected uh, digital releases this year foregoing the cinematic releases to be mm. pricey but to be enough that it justifies like oh if it's a family movie this would be four cinema tickets or even less than four cinema tickets fair enough, let's do it. Which, of course, sucks for households with one, two, three people in them. Because yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, we, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get a lot. We're, you know, this is gonna cost us a lot. But for a household with family audiences, sure, makes total sense. Mm. They're still saving money. Mulan did that. It was pretty goddamn expensive. Those who watched it didn't really have that much great to say about it. Nope. Those who didn't uh, see it we're not in a rush to see it. I, I've not bothered with it, and it's free now. Yeah, as of uh, as of yesterday of this recording, it became free on Disney Plus to watch. Right, like, not bothered. Um, it's also been out on Blu-ray for uh, a month at this point as well. What, what's a Blu-ray? Hush now, child. <laughs> um, 
But do you know what I mean? So it's like they're, yeah. they're making, they're still going to make money off that film, and I wouldn't be surprised if the majority of the profit comes now from physical sales, mm. digital purchase, mm. and people going, "Oh, it's free! Oh, go on, let's get Disney Plus." Then I was thinking about it. Yeah. So that's yeah. where the majority of the profit will come from. Um, no matter what, I think this is going to be a loss for Warner, but it yeah. will be a less severe loss than putting everything back. Well, also, yeah, because the, what the, what profit they do make is going to go directly into their pockets. They're not going to have to split it with yeah. the cinema companies, which is why the cinema chains are in open yeah. arms about it because they're mm. getting cut out. But that being like, said... Yeah, like they're, they're still getting the films, but they're getting them for a limited run and the likelihood of audiences turning up en masse to see them yeah. in cities where it's safe to do so is greatly decreased because the people will be going, well, I've... I've just spent. We've been stuck in a pandemic, but I, I've been saving up some money. I've just spent four hundred dollars on a projector, like yeah. a digital projector. We're gonna have a movie night at home. It's like, oh, oh shit, that's four or five tickets lost for that cinema on that night. And oh, that's not it, a lot. Yeah, this is a really a double-edged sword. When every sword. other family is doing this, this yeah. is really a double-edged sword because it's it sucks for the cinema workers. Yeah. But to be fair, things have sucked many for of which workers. we know. Some yeah. of which we know listen to this show. So, like this sucks balls. It sucks it for really cinema does. workers. It sucked for cinema workers for a long time because what the cinema chains have been doing for so long is cutting staff mm. and working uh, more screenings with less people to run them and pouring money, uh, pouring uh, resources into uh, increasing cost on and and presumably return on concessions. Yeah. Um, and it just, for me, the cinema d- experience has done nothing but decline over the last decade. So there is a part of me that is sort of <laughs> thinking that, yeah, the cinema chains fucking deserve this because they've been doing a shit job for so long. But at the same time, that's a bunch of people who are going to lose jobs, or a bunch more people yeah, who are going to lose like jobs. That, that's the people it's, working the floor and trying yeah. their best, being punished for the stuff well, that as, the people as above always, them aren't paying for or, or employing more people to help with. And As yeah. always with, with fucking capitalism, it's the people at the bottom who are going to suffer the most. So as much as I am enjoying the schadenfreude of, uh, of cinemas... Uh, sort of cinema chains sort of getting their just rewards by distributors just ignoring them uh, because they're doing a shit job. Um, it's yeah, it's going to leave a lot of people fucked for income, and that's fucking horrible. And also, it's weird because I like watching films on a cinema screen, but the yeah. experience of going to the cinema is has been more and more consistently poor since you've been since you've been driving i think our collective experience is probably better because we just sort of we get there yeah we go watch the film we fuck off yeah and And that's kind of that's kind of no meandering we We get we get there in time for the trailers yeah you know like we watch it usually (laughs) we usually get there in time for the trailers we we bring our own snacks like lucy lucy and i still kind of enjoy it because when we have obviously not this year we've not been to the cinema together since february yeah. but like we've been once um, yeah you bill and ted did it right yeah and that was yeah. at one of the smaller cinemas in our in our greater manchester yeah. area and being um, being at the cinema was being in the cinema watching the film was fine but getting into the to the cinema and into the cinema and yeah. out of the cinema and back home <laughs> was, was a stressful experience 
Um, so I can see why people don't want to do it. Back when Lou and I would go to the cinema, we'd uh, she has Tuesdays off from work usually. Um, yeah. So what we'd do is we'd, no film that we were going to go see, we'd go watch it early afternoon um, or in the morning if possible at mm. the Great Northern in Manchester. And then we'd, well, like, we'd make a thing of it. We'd go to um, Almost Famous, the rest of the burger restaurant. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one it. that killed someone. Yeah, that happened, didn't it? <laughs> Oh shit! When they killed someone once, yeah. I mean, debatably, they've also killed thousands of cows, but um... oh, that, well, the suppliers have killed thousands of cows. Let's uh, yeah. let's place the blame where it belongs. No, no, no. I mean, I was in the restaurant one time. And, oh right, uh, they just this, brought this, one they, out. Brought, this cow came and said, "Like, hello, I'd like to book my table." And the waiter mistook them for one of yeah. the ingredients, and they killed them on the shop floor. This is just to clarify for legal reasons. This is a pun. <laughs> Someone did die at their restaurant. Anyway, so moving on. <laughs> yeah, that that bit's true. Um, yeah, that bit is that bit is true. Um, and it was a cow that did it. Uh, so yeah, it was. Yeah, it was weird, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised it could hold the garroting wire in its hooves. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a cow. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tragic. It was a tragic thing. Yeah, it, it yeah, do, do do that, but do it do it after the show. Like, yeah. we're already, I mean, we're, all, we're, all, we're already enough of a downer. So you can do it during if you want, but it's gonna be <laughs> it's just gonna compound things, and you're gonna get confused. It's not compound be... quite like burger meat yeah. into a patty into a patty that you then eat. Yeah, when you're watching a cow kill a man. So um, yeah, like we we turn it into an event, and and it it became something that we would enjoy because the cinema part was just part of our cinema routine. Yeah, like that was yeah. just part of it. But I'll be damned if if I'll ever get any excitement the same way watching Wonder Woman at home, yeah, streaming than I than I would get from Uslot going opening night, yeah, to watch it with everyone else who also wants to see it really badly enough. They've gone on opening night because that vibe is always so nice. Those are my favorite trips when we go yeah. for midnight screenings or late night on opening night because you just it you're in a room full of people. Who are all sharing the same like niggles and criticisms of the trip? Yeah, but are all there for that film and are so chuffed to be there for it. It's, it's just a like really we, nice atmosphere. Like we went to see the the It double bill when Chapter oh, Two that came was out. So good, that yeah. was really good. That was really really good. Had um, a hell of a time. Lou and I, uh, 2016, Deadpool midnight screening. Like oh, there was a queue. Nice. There was a queue outside of the cinema, <laughs> which was really sort of this is weird. And there was, every other person was wearing a Deadpool t-shirt. You're like, oh, this is actually oh. kind of cool. This is a load of people who are hoping that this movie does a character they love justice here for the midnight screen. Okay, let's do it. And it was one of my favorite experiences in the cinema. It was fun. Um, Infinity War and Endgame. If I'd have seen that for the first time at home, I yeah. would have missed out on those experiences that I had watching it at the cinema. Um. Like one of the few movies, like for our US listeners and our, our Australian listeners, maybe you guys can can email in, let us know if you get this. Um, but in the UK, people don't really cheer or clap or shout at films no. ever. Um, you'll hear laughter, but even then, in like a big funny comedy, it's mostly just sort of like <laughs> the the, the closest sort of thing it. I can I can recall is there was an audible gasp in the auditorium for Avengers Endgame. Endgame and when, Infinity War when, are the two UK the, films I've been to when the audience reacted at parts. Yeah. And yeah go when on, that which, five which years later caption comes up in Endgame. Yeah. There was yes. an audible fucking gasp. In yes. The um, when uh, when Peter 
uh, fading into dust. Oh the yeah, yeah. Wall, our whole cinema, like just tense. Everyone's like, what? It's just like this, like when you get that brilliant moment of audible silence, yeah. where yeah. the room just has this thick veil in it suddenly of. Just like that, that's only really happened for those films for me. Um, it's a hell of a thing. Cap grabbing Thor's hammer in Endgame got in, in the gla- the Glasgow screen I was in when I first watched it that, yeah. on that Friday morning. A, a screen of big seats, recliners, there's 25 people, 25 seats, 25 people. And when that happened, there was just this sort of collective, hey, like little sort of, hey, when someone drops a plate in a canteen kind of cheer. Um, <laughs> it was it was great. It was like, That's yes. got to feel good. That does feel good, but it's just so, that so seldom happens now. Yeah. But I, um, I wonder whether or not people are more grateful for the experience now that that, that might kind of, the, the, yeah. the, the unwritten rules and decorum of cinema here in the UK might disappear a little bit and become a bit more celebratory when we finally Maybe. get the chance to sort of go on mass again. Now, that being said, the virus is not going to pick when that's okay. Um, it's up to us as individuals to temper and hold things back as much as we can by being responsible. And yeah. it's up to us as citizens of our country, respective countries, to hold our leaders' feet to the fire and be like, when are you going to sort this? When yeah. are you going to sort this out? When are you going to send support to these people? Um, see our previous episode about James Bond not being the death of cinemas. Thank you very much. No. James Bond is not killing cinemas. Boris Johnson and co are. Um, as they're killing many other uh, businesses and economies uh, with their late or lack of action based on PPE funding, etc., etc. Et Listen, no, um, the, the, it, hell, <laughs> the government isn't even killing cinemas. Capitalism is killing cinemas. Oh yeah, no, sure, sure, but... Capitalism had, is had, killing the economy. Had action been taken way sooner this year, as we know now from the statistics and 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 yeah. you know the science that they had the information yeah. long before they started suggesting guidelines rather and than enforcing them. Also, we can now see that there are other countries who've effectively got their cases down to to zero or China and New Zealand yeah. to name but two. Yeah. Like, so we can... life is back to normal in those countries yeah. with just a little bit more hand sanitizer. Like that's basically that's the change that it's, they have. It, it's it really upset China. Me. China where the outbreak began has sorted it. Like they've sorted it. They they have extra obviously security with this, that, and the other, just to make sure, and and an extra sort of uh, sanitation things. Yeah. But they're done. They're sorted. Like they can carry on about their day as they could in 2019. So you know, will America get back to a state of normalcy during 2021? Will other studios keep the cinemas supported? I mean, um, I've seen a lot of filmmakers and producers putting out on their social media, like two cinema chains that don't you worry, like we we will be working with you in 2021, like trying to reassure workers and managers and, and regional managers and whatnot for these places that, hey, 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 it's not all doom and gloom yet. Things are going to happen. We are still going to be putting stuff out. But also, is that responsible to do based on yeah. where the virus is at? It, it's this isn't so much a snakey in its tail. It's a snake figuring out how to use a gun and shooting itself several times like it's it, it could stop if you just take the gun out of the snake's tail or tell it that's hurting you maybe stop doing it that snake's, the snake's got listening. a gun 
And there lies a film idea that we need to bring to life as soon as possible. <laughs> uh, oh, no, shit. No, Rango did it. Oh, um, man. Yeah. See, I uh, do. Whenever I, whenever you talk about animals with guns, I just think of the the Hellboy panel. That's, which that, one? that monkey's got a gun. Oh, <laughs> look out! <laughs> <laughs> which is, <laughs> I will just, not rest until we have a hit monkey I think, movie. I think it's from Conqueror <laughs> Worm, um, but yeah, it's a <laughs> hell of a great Hellboy moment. Joel's is a great moment. For a badass character with a gun. <laughs> Did that segue work? Uh, I think you need to be a little more specific. Cool. So, uh, 40 years ago, ladies and gentlemen, a character debuted in live action in a motion picture called The Empire Strikes Back, uh, which was definitely his first appearance and not in some kind of creepy TV special that will haunt the nightmares and dreams of goodwill peoples <laughs> around the world. See our Christmas special from a couple of years ago for thoughts on that. Um... Uh, in The Empire Strikes Back, audiences were introduced to one of the coolest-looking sci-fi characters of all time. Mm. He looked beat up and worn, and yet somehow weirdly slick and put together. His armor was fascinating to view. The color scheme was oddly militaristic, but the silhouette this guy cast was almost like a hero from the Western canon of cowboy films he had the cloak to one side like a poncho draped over a shoulder but, he had a braided rope from another shoulder two guns both unique a helmet that looked like you could headbutt someone to death with it this <laughs> was a fascinating visual character to look at in a film series two films in that already had presented some brilliant designs this guy somehow stood out a fandom builds up around him, and my god, it flourishes for the last 40 years after only one other appearance in live action in that same trilogy of films. A few <laughs> in which he goes out like a here and there. Yeah, but ultimately, Bob Fett has done fuck all, really, in yeah, the grand scheme like, of movie characters we all worship, except it, look cool. If you look up wasted potential yeah. in the dictionary, which is difficult to do because they don't have phrases in the dictionary, they just have individual <laughs> words... Then you would see a picture of Boba Fett next to it. Boba Fett? Where? Boba Fett? Where? In the dictionary. Next to Wasted Potential. Oh, damn it. We just turned the page and he fell into the Sarlacc pit. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so Boba Fett is a bounty hunter in Empire Strikes Back who's enlisted to go after Han Solo and, and Leia Organa and, and track him down on behalf of the Empire. He's one of a, a group and he's the one who somehow manages the sting operation in Cloud City, um, but doesn't even do any bounty hunting. He's just obviously like, yeah, I know where they're going to go. Uh, Vader, do you want to come along? Mm. <laughs> do you want to join us for dinner? Uh, well, remember, <laughs> no disintegrations. No disintegrations. Oh, he forgot about that this week. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, that's all he does. And he puts Han Solo, the coolest character in the films at that point, in Carbonite. And that's why he's a badass, because he took down Han Solo and has, has imprisoned him. And then in Return of the Jedi, we learn that he took him to Jabba the Hutt to settle his debt. And Boba's just hanging around with some Twi'lek ladies and, and leaning on doorways and presumably, like, drinking when we're not looking. Yeah. Um, and then it seems he's just an enforcer for Jabba, who gets knocked down like a fucking punk by a blind <laughs> Han Solo into a giant stomach tentacle hentai nightmare beast in the desert. 
to be digested over a thousand years. A beaky nightmare beast if you're watching the special editions. Yeah. <laughs> I always ask that now, and everyone's like, oh, they've done the Sarlacc pit in Lego. I'm like, beak or no beak? <laughs> beak or no beak? Is it just a big hole with teeth in it, or has it got a freaking beak in the middle? It's official um, merchandise. It has to be beak. <laughs> uh, beak Mandalorian. Or the Mandalorian finally the TV shows fulfilled the the uh, when it came around fulfilled sort of the joy that we all felt of Bob is cool but he's never really done anything cool so the Star Wars franchise has given us Boba's to find cool since sure yeah. Boba Fett's done cool stuff in comics and novels he's done uh, appearances in um, was it toward the end of Clone Wars he rocked up uh, like Boba Fett has appeared in in other media. He's still um, quite young in Clone Wars, though. He's still a kid. Yeah. Uh, then you've got uh, Jango Fett in, in Attack of the Clones, the prequels, who is essentially created to give you more of what you wanted without, <laughs> without screwing up timelines and confusing yeah. things. We learn where Boba comes from. Um, what? That he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an aging in real-time clone of, of his father, Jango, who, of course, Mom, gets cloned to create Dad, the clone troopers. Where do Bobas come from? From Tamura Morrison and long-necked, beady-headed Tic Tac aliens, oh. my darling. <laughs> I'm just imagining the guys on Camino now just leaning down and be like, and that's where babies come from. <laughs> Nodding their weird little pea heads. <laughs> we grow them in these jars. <laughs> that's Snoke joke. I mean, snow joke. That's Fuck. Snow joke. Um, <laughs> so bastard. Okay, well... Uh, cloning <laughs> secrets only the Sith knew. Thank you, Pippin. <laughs> Sorry, Mary. Thank you, Mary. Cheers. Thanks for that. <laughs> Thanks for explaining everything with a throwaway line that you could have at least given to Kelly Marie Tran. Anyway, uh, so no, we have to put this uh, whole other new character in there for a white dude. <laughs> so Django Fett essentially existed to give us more boba without giving us more boba mm. uh right down to being in video games and you know still looking cool and tamura morrison playing him and being really interesting and compelling and the idea of a bounty hunter who's like yeah I've, I, you know i'm kind of done now like i'm a simple man just trying to make my way through the universe and <laughs> i'm gonna you know i, I want to settle down so i've given my I've, i'm cool i've got skills so i'm the basis I'm for this cool. clone this clone project and in return all i've asked for is a clone that will age naturally because I want a son. And he's it's still like, doing a oh, bit of business cool. though on the side. Oh well, as we as we know, but yeah. So he's uh, that's his that's his thing, and then he gets beheaded by Samuel L. Jackson with his badass motherfucker lightsaber. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, in Attack of the Clones, and little baby Bob, a little young Bob, cradles that helmet, helmet, <laughs> and um, we. <laughs> that's that's the last canonically we sort of saw of Boba Fett. In live action. Yes. Um, Mandalorian exists as a show to basically fulfill the Boba Fett dream of, oh, look, it's someone who looks like Boba Fett being cool. This yes. is awesome. This is great. Um, and boy, is he cool. Din Djarin, what a legend. Um, but ultimately, Boba Fett only stay, remains cool because of how he looks and because generations of kids played with a Boba Fett action figure and made him do cool stuff. Yeah. That's why he's cool. This week's Mandalorian, spoilers ahead decided you know fuck that it's about time boba fett did something cool yeah. on camera finally so end of series two episode one we saw 
who we presume to be Boba Fett because it's Tamara Morrison playing him, yeah. all scarred up and cloaked and wielding a freaking amazing stick. Um, it's one of the uh, uh, the Sand People's gaffy sticks. Yes, yes. Uh, which is, I'm trying to remember what it's based on. I saw a tweet said that it's based on uh, a weapon from a certain culture. But um, anyway, so he... Uh, he uh, is there watching as we watched an episode where his armor salvaged from Jawas, presuming presumably spat out by the Sarlacc pit at some point, mm-hmm. um, was used by Cobb Vanth to help him protect his his town, uh, Mos Pelgo. Oh, I'm remembering names. You are remembering um, names. Space, space names. Space names. And uh, off he goes. Uh, Mandalorian's like, I'll help you out, but I want that armor because it belongs to Mandalore. It belongs to a Mandalorian. It's not right. You have it. And he's like, sure, fine. Like, the, help the me best defeat car. this giant. Help me defeat this dragon and you can have your best car. Um, and off he pops and Boba Fett watches him from afar, which kind of confirmed my suspicion from last series. That the uh, the figure that approached uh, I'm trying to remember Ming Na Wen's character's name Fennec Shand Fennec Shand okay so Fennec so Fennec last series was uh, killed by uh, Mando and the other dude who teamed upon a bounty on Tatooine on the story mm-hmm. of Tatooine and this figure in a cloak approaches her body and that's it and they left it there and I was like who is that like because they by the end of series one they never follow up on that no so who is that um and then series one. Series 2 episode 1 happens. We see what Boba looks like at the end. Just very briefly, watches Mando's ship leave and then walks off in his big old cloak. And I'm like, oh god, it was Boba. Mm. It was Boba. It must have been Boba. Because otherwise, why? Yep, turns out it was. So, we head to the planet Tython. Tython, yeah. Tython, where uh, apparently there is an ancient Jedi structure, which when little Grogu, the child, is placed upon it, he'll be able to reach out. Or at least commune somehow with other Jedi's, uh, reach whichever out, Jedi are out there. Reach out, down, reach out for me, reach, reach out. out. Dun, 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 See, dun, dun, I was going another dun, way with it. I was going to go bow. reach out and touch Luke. Do 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 So yeah, he, he Grogu's placed on the rock and he does his thing, and suddenly a force field appears around him, and he's doing little meditation hands, and it's really cute. Oh, as fuck. it's very very cute. And then another ship arrives, and I was watching this with Lucy last night, and I lost my shit. As yeah, soon as we, I we saw it, it I was like, <gasps> she went, what? And I was like, do you not recognize the ship? And she went, kind of. And I was like, oh, shit, because Slave One appears yeah. in the atmosphere. Uh, um, Jango Fett ship, then Boba Fett ship rocks up, looking pretty clean. He's been He's been taking care of Slave oh, One. Yeah, yeah. He, he may have stayed on Tatooine, but he's been cleaning that ship up. Um, Is he right? Boba has been tracking uh, Din ever since he left Tatooine at the start of this series mm-hmm. because he's obviously found out that his armor was retrieved. In this, we he says that he knew that Cobb Vanth had it. Yeah. So why he never made it a, a, an attempt to get it, we don't know. Maybe it was out of just like peace. It's like, look, they're trying to live. I'm not going to go in there and kick up a stink. Like, who knows? But the man has the armor. Boba wants it back. It's his birthright. It belonged to his father. Kind of subtly implying that Boba Fett's armor is some of Jango Fett's repainted and and done up. Or maybe so, it's just the it's the lineage thing of like, no, this is mine. My father gave it to me. I think I want it, it is back. it is Jango's armor. But, Which but is interesting, because just... we've never had that as a as a confirmation, but shape wise, they're they're the same. Yeah. Like yeah. they've they've got the same structure. Um 
And it would make sense if the Homer holding his dad's helmet in clones. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he just takes it, paints it up, does his thing. Um, Which would also explain why it's silver whenever it's dented and shot. Yeah. Because Django's was silver. So, woo, conspiracy. Just plain Beskar. Also, that moment when you you look at a picture of uh, Boba Fett in the... uh, in the original movies and realized that someone shot him straight in the dick at some yes. point. Yeah. There's a, there's a scuff mark on his cod piece. <laughs> <laughs> Cause yeah, in, 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 in Cobb Vanth and in this episode, we learn that what, what remains of the armor essentially is like all of the armor plating of the upper half with yeah. some of the, some of the cloth. To the hold queerest, it together. As, yeah. you would, as you would term it. Um, the arms, the helmet, uh, the jetpack and at least one of the knee braces has survived. Both um, of the knee braces, I think. Did they both rock up? Ooh. I think so. so the cod piece is lost to time. Yes, um, with so its dick shot. The Sarlacc's just crazing it, suckling on it, going, Oh, I love the taste of space dick. Because <laughs> that's, close- that's the closest the Sarlacc gets to having a bit of naughty time with a wing-wang, you see. Because... <laughs> If it, if it gets all sensual with somebody, that penis eventually is going to dissolve and digest yeah. over a thousand years. Slowly over a thousand um, years. And, you know, all the crate dragon ate all the other Sarlaccs. Yes, which we... Yeah. Well. Did it eat that Sarlacc? Did it eat all the Sarlaccs? Because now I'm starting to think, or did somebody stay on Tatooine and start dropping bombs in all the Sarlacc pits? It's like, fuck you! <laughs> fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Boba rocks up uh, with Fennec, who is alive. Yeah. And apparently didn't die in the last one, or she was near death. And it I looks think that's, like the, that's she, the implication is that she was near death and uh, Boba, Boba saved took, her. Yeah. Cybernetics. Took, took up someone and got her patched up. Um, giving Boba and Fennec a kind of knight and squire sort of vibe. Yeah. Like she's yeah. in his debt and is going to help him do whatever he needs to do, which I'm happy with because it means more Ming Na Wen. Yeah. Because she rocked up last series and we went, oh, cool. Oh, she's oh. dead. That's a shame. And I was like, no, the OG Mulan is sticking around, motherfuckers. She's staying in the show. Um, <laughs> and now she's in two streaming shows and at least one movie on Disney+. Plus. Hey. Uh, so, you know. Uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not got Boba Fett in it. But, um, <laughs> but it does have Ghost Rider in Series 4, which everyone forgets. Anyway, so... Um, and Absorbing Man in Season 2. Anyway, so... Yes, yes. What I'm saying is, if you're a Marvel fan and you've got Disney+, Plus, at least put Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on in the background while you're doing stuff. Because like, there's, there's some cool shit in there. It's not worth all your attention, but it's worth some of your attention. They throw you a bone uh, every now and again, because who doesn't want to see Mr. Hyde in live action? Oh, fuck Yeah. <laughs> Yes, please. Give me that deep, sexy cut. Give it to me now. Um, so anyway, uh, Boba rocks up and he's like, I want my armor back. Mando's like, fuck you. No, it belongs to Mandalorians. And he's like, I'm a Mandalorian. He's like, well, no, you're fucking not because I can see you and you let your armor go, you prick. He's like, give it me back or my friend here who you thought was dead is going to shoot your baby friend. Mando's yeah. Like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Okay. Everyone put weapons down. Let's talk about this. What do we learn in this episode from Boba Fett? We learn that Django was a foundling. Mm-hmm. Django was not a Mandalorian, uh, Mandalore born, but exactly like Din himself, Django was found and taken in by a yeah. Mandalorian um, uh, group or, or cult or pack and is the last surviving member of 
that of that group. Yeah. Meaning that Boba is the only thing left of that group of Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Also meaning that Django had a child because he was the last of his group and wanted to continue the lineage. Hence last. the cloned child. Holy shit. Suddenly, Django Fett and Boba Fett get some poignancy and like a bit of legacy to make you go, oh, that's really sad. Oh, shit. Plus also something for Din to immediately connect with. It's like, Boba's father is the same as him. Yeah. He was taken in by the Mandalorians. Um, finally clearing up some some uh, 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 ambiguous continuity in the current uh, continuity for Star Wars, which is, was Django a proper Mandalorian? Like, yeah. is, is he a proper Mandalorian or did he just co-opt it, nick armor and do his thing? It's like, nope. Turns out that he was he was brought into the Mandalorian fold, so he was a Mandalorian. And mm, tell me more about your Mandalorian folds. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Boba just wants his armor back, and in exchange, back. in exchange, he says, "No harm will come to you or the child." Mm. And Din is like. Okay, sure. Maybe we can work something out. Stormtrooper attack. Two freaking carriers arrive because they've been tracking the Razor Crest and they're after the child. Q Fennec and the Mando. Well, Mando trying to get the child and getting knocked back and weakened by the <laughs> Oh god I was oh, that was so sweet. The fact that he's trying to break through like the natural force field of, of the thing it's doing, even though it's clearly hurting him to do it. Yeah. To try and rescue him because he's like, We have to get out of here. And obviously definitely... I think he's I think he's in a trance like doing his jedi beam into space yeah. so he, he can't hear him but you definitely um, get a sense of of how much man of how much din cares for grogu in yeah. this episode because it's little things like at the start when he's talking about how he's going to take him back to his people because that's the that's what he was told to do and that's the right thing to do and you're like yeah you don't mean that you don't yeah. believe that you are way too attached now like he gets him to do the trick with the ball from the late from the lever yeah and he oh my god din laughed <laughs> that was yeah. I, that was really disarming for me. I was like, "Whoa!" Because you suddenly realise he's never really expressed joy nope. ever. It's like, "Oh, oh shit!" Okay, that's weird. Um, so yeah, like he's 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 either never going to give this kid up, or he's going to stay with him wherever he goes. I think I think the end game for these characters is wherever the child ends up, Mando is going to stick around. Like he ain't he's going to ditch the creed. And he's just going to be... He's, he will, gonna, he's going to be Space Dad. He will leave Grogu only in death. Yeah. Oh, God, what if Endgame is the Mando dying and Grogu, like, being somewhere else and being safe? And that's another story for another day. Who could say? Who well, could say? John Favreau, probably, because he's oh, definitely well, got this yeah. shit planned out. Um, well, yeah, so, judging by this, because this is stuff that was all seeded in season one. Yeah. Um... And even though he and Dave Filoni said, no, Boba Fett does not appear in The Mandalorian throughout the press for series one. They're like, no, Boba Fett's <laughs> and they were fucking lying because his legs and feet and cape appeared in series one. Yeah. You bastards. Unless they just um, left that as a... As a... Well, like a, a Russell T. Davis hand getting the master's so. ring out of the flame thingy. I don't think so. Do you remember, though, remember the just... end of series three? We were like, is that yeah. the Rani? She's all cackling and shit. And then later on, it's like, no, it was someone from the cult of Saxon and he was deliberately playing you. But also in the writer's tale yeah. reveals that he didn't know who it was himself either. He just wanted to leave her out, leave it out. Yeah. at some point. Yeah. Um, 
So maybe that wasn't necessarily Boba. Maybe no. Who knows what has to dream? Me. But, um, ah. Well, I dare to dream. I don't know. You're the dream darer. <laughs> <laughs> he so, who, da- uh, who dares dreams. He who um, dreams creams. Um, <laughs> I've seen a lot of false credit to this episode online. Oh yeah. Uh, to John Favreau wrote this episode. Yes. But I've seen a lot of people saying like, "Thank you, John Favreau and Dave Filoni for doing this." Now, Dave Filoni, of ah. course, is involved in the production of the show. He doesn't just direct and write some episodes. He's involved in the production. Dave Filoni didn't direct this episode. No. This episode was directed by a last-minute uh, production replacement because things had to move around. So Favreau asked a, a good friend of his. Yeah. Robert motherfucking Rodriguez yeah, directed this boy. episode. He did you want to get to direct a, a gunslinging action-heavy episode of Mando? That is, al- that is also suitable for families to watch. So it's like violence, yes. but not in a grotesque way. Let's ask the guy who gave us Sin City and Spy Kids I always to forget, do this. I always forget that about Robert Rodriguez, how he's done some insanely like hardcore violent stuff, but yeah. also done these beloved kids films. Oh, yeah. We Can Be Heroes is coming out on Netflix in the new year with Pedro Pascal in it. And it's a backdoor sequel to Shark Boy and Lava Girl. It's, yeah. Like, you know, and, and, and films like Alita, like Alita Battle Angel is full of these violent action sequences, but they don't yeah. feel violent because they're android characters. So you don't like get the sense that it really is gruesome. And I, honestly th- think was... I, th- I think I would have enjoyed Alita a lot more if they cut like 45 minutes out of it. Oh, I think we said that at the time. <laughs> if, if they trimmed it and gave the script to someone else to do a pass of it would have been fucking long it would have been really good instead it was just like yeah it was kind of cool like sure it's just just a Um, mess of ideas and it's too long (laughs) but like rodriguez knows what he's doing like he absolutely you know you know freaking from dusk till dawn and like this guy knows how to direct close quarters gunslinging stuff like yeah. close quarters violence and close quarter gunfights like stuff that isn't over battlefields stuff that isn't like oh it's a field or oh it's a club like this is small but we've got to feel every shot and every hit that's absolutely the fucking reason why they got him in for this one even if it was a, a change for production reasons i'm so glad they did because he cited yeah. star wars throughout his film career he cited star wars as being like one of the movies that made him want to make, be a filmmaker and also importantly uh for doing tv work robert rodriguez is very very good at working mm. on a budget oh yeah he's a master at it it's a freaking yeah. master the he wrote most a book about it <laughs> the most expensive thing about sin city is the cast like yeah. it's you know it's these movies are shot in the most cost-effective way imaginable. Yeah. Um. Uh. uh and he's he's always. Been, I mean, come on, the El Mariachi trilogy. Holy shit. Mm. Like th- again, the most expensive thing about the last one was just the cast, because they're big names at that point. Like yep. that's 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 where the money goes. Um. Th- oh fuck me. Where do we start? Um. So Boba fighting with the the Tuscan Raider staff. Yeah. That is just is really... the most glorious action set piece ever. It's great, isn't it? Like he's just stormtroopers are coming in. He holsters his gun. Yeah, and he's like really waiting. nicely choreographed, really nicely staged, and clearly Tamura Morrison as yes. well. Like yeah. it is him. It is. It is our Lord and Savior Moana's dad. Yeah. <laughs> 
I put a post out the other week on Twitter saying, like, it's a film. We've got a child who's special. Maybe they're around water or can control it. Uh, we need a father figure. Who shall we... Ca- uh, tomorrow, Morris. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Django Fett, Moana's dad, Aquaman's dad. Yeah, that one. Let's do that <laughs> you one. get him. So he finally got to uh, to rock out here. Um, and it, again, we, we, we were just start, we were saying earlier on, weren't we, that, like, it's cool to see another heavyset dude like being put yeah. in an action role because like big guys can still do cool shit like it's just very rarely shown so here's Tamura Morrison who is stacked not a svelte man and probably delivering the most badass choreography against stormtroopers oh, yeah. since Donnie Yen in Rogue One yeah like holy fuck it's good he stuff wastes the shit out of these guys and I, it's just with a little- stick the nice little touches of, of the armor shattering where he hits <gasps> the last shot where he smacks the guy in the head. You don't see the, the the connection. Yeah. You see like a flake of armor in the corner of the shot. And then the next shot of him is him turned around looking the other way. And just out of focus on the floor is a stormtrooper whose helmet is caved the fuck in. Yeah. You don't see blood, but you know that that person doesn't have a face anymore. Nope. It's like... Oh my god, that is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's really oh, good. Shit. Um and it's just cool that like the first really cool action beat Boba Fett ever gets in live action. It doesn't even look like Boba Fett. It's just a guy in a robe with a stick. Yeah. But it's Boba Fett. This is like, okay. Sure. 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 Okay. Uh can we talk about the subtle scarring on his face? While we can still see his face. I mean, yeah, it's a great, it's a great looking makeup job. It's like, subtle because you can see enough that this guy looks like Django. Yes. He sounds like Django, but he has no hair on his face at all. He's been through like, some shit. Yeah. Eyebrows, hair on his head, all gone. Um, he has this weird kind of paneled scarring, which I noticed on Twitter, and I'll have to rewatch it. And I probably will before the end of today because it's the shortest episode of the show so far. Yeah. Um. But hey, did not affect it at all. Pacing was perfect. No, because it's so much of it's action. Um, apparently the scarring flares up while he's fighting. Oh, really? Like while he's fighting, it's sort of the colours are a bit deeper. So it, it's almost like when he exerts himself, his skill. The same way, like when your face gets flustered, you know, you get redder in the face when you're doing the X, Y, and Z. Like his skin's reacting, and it looks odd. Of course, it does because. Without it being confirmed, we're presuming that his skin is like that because he was nearly digested by the yeah. Sarlacc. Like, he either, took, he either took the armor off or the, the, it began to, like, affect him with the armor on and that's why mm. he took it off. Who knows? Maybe um, that's the only thing that saved him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how he got out. Like, he, you know, just had to get the feck out of town. <clears throat> because in previous new canon stuff... It's mentioned, I think it's in one of the Aftermath novels. It's mentioned that... That's where Cobb Van Firth appears, yeah. He mentions yeah. that it was, it was found and it's yeah. like battered and pitted. Yeah. Um, and then Mandalorian gives us the canon of how yeah. Cobb Van came to be in its possession. But like, um, yeah, Boba, when he got out of that Sarlacc, he did not take his armor with him. Why? Guess we won't know. Maybe he was near death and someone found him and like, Dragged him to safety. Oh, if this was left behind, someone like, will write a comic or do yeah. a book. Yeah, it's gonna it'll happen. happen. It'll happen. And We're gonna fine. get a Boba Fett, <clears throat> uh, another Boba Fett comic from Marvel. Like, 
first one was pretty damn solid. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty fucking great. Um, but anyway, yeah, so he's got... Oh, so he fights these stormtroopers and he sees the Razor Crest just hatch open. And out of focus, you can see him zeroing in on something in the armory. Yeah. Mando and Fennec are getting overwhelmed. Like she, oh my god, her action sequence in this is incredible. Especially when like they bring out the big rail gun and they're just blasting away at the rock, and she's legging it across the rock. Yeah, like just narrowly missing every shot, and it's a wide shot from a drone or a helicopter or a rig because it's just moving. Oh, it was yeah, beautiful. this this more than any other episode feels like it was shot on location. Yeah. Oh, we, oh yeah. There's there's a way more location filming in this. In fact, Lou's just appeared in the room with a cup of tea because she's my lord and saviour. But we're just saying the bit where Fennec is running across the rock in Mando with the railgun being That's fired at her. You, you were going, ah! At <laughs> the TV. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a while. A vocal episode. Yeah, we were making lots of sounds. It was, uh, it was a special thing. But yeah, no, this was... So we just got up to the bit where... Um, Bobba reappears after being on the Razor Crest. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Finally getting to do some cool shit after all this time. Yeah. What was your favourite uh, unnecessarily uh, cartoonish but weirdly badass thing that he did? Because mine is when he shot rockets from his knees. Rockets from he his did knees! Shoot rockets he shot rockets from his freaking knees! It's so good! <laughs> I'm going to go with that too. <laughs> Lou's gonna go with that too. It's um, so stupid and good. It was kind of cool that he finally got to use some disintegration grenades as well. Yeah. <laughs> no disintegrations. <laughs> Fuck you, Vader. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Boo. Love you. <laughs> um, that was oh my god, just whipping out. He, he's got. Mm. I guess he kept this because he has the, the pistol. Didn't come with the armor, did it? Uh, I don't think so. Um, yeah, because cop. Might- co- Cobb was mostly using it for the rockets and 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 the wrist. Well, the um, pistol might have come with it because I'd have to go back and check if it's the same pistol Cobb uses. Because he, he doesn't he, have a pistol he, before he picks the armor up. Doesn't he? I thought I he don't did. Think so? No, he's got his long gun. Oh, yeah. I thought he did because he because he fires a stick. Oh right, the long gun. Ah. All, no. all I know is the bit where he's just cocking it over his arm without even looking at a trooper mm. that's getting up next to him just goes and then comes back is. Good God, that's smooth. Um, quality work. Uh, to anyone who was making fat shame memes about this on Twitter, go fuck yourself. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> because, of course, he's not a tiny dude. Tomorrow Morrison didn't even play Boba Fett before this. No. This is the first time he's played him. Django is not super slim and svelte. Tomorrow Morrison has always had a stocky build. Um... You know, uh, uh, oh god, who who is it? Uh, uh, Jeremy. Jeremy Bullock, because you were Jeremy just Bullock, the original guy in the suit. Yeah, who, who was who was the OG dude in the suit? Who, when conventions come around again, I'm sure he'll do it. He's done it at least once or twice. He's done convention shoots where he's had the costume, mm. and he's had the helmet off, so you can obviously prove you got a photo with him and like whoever he poses with hold, holds the helmet. They get to hold the helmet. It's like that is cool. That is some cool fan service, Jeremy. Also, well done. Guess how old Timura Morrison is. He's in his sixties, right? He's nearly sixty. Nearly sixty. Okay. So um, he's not like he's he's got some middle aged spread going on, of course. Yeah. With some, yeah, but at the same time, whipping that stick around, beating the shit out of stormtroopers. Yeah. Because as, as far as I'm aware, Tamira Morrison's always been a fairly like, um, like a buff dude. But then of he's, course he's always, you, been, he's always been stocky. Your, he's always been yeah. stocky. When you, I mean, you, you get look into at your late fifties, 
on on my shelf to my right, I have uh, three action figures on one shelf. I've got Django, Boba, and Din in his best scar armor mm. on the shelf to my right. And even the Django figure is a is a chunkier build. Like he's 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 a stocky guy. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So even the Django figure is like, yeah, no, he's not super slim. <laughs> and you look at the the press photos of him and the actor playing young Boba um, from from back in the day of Attack of the Clones. He's not tiny. He's not a tiny man. Um, look at him in two thousand and nine in Couples Retreat. Oh shit! That's yeah, that was a premium. Cool. So, that's yeah. some premium dad bod. He's 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 buffting and he's stocky and that's awesome. Um, yeah, too right. It means that we just get another alternate alternate Boba look here, like for the first time ever, because he of course whacks the top half armor and the knee brace on, and is just like, oh, he looks so cool. It's just it is. I'm not going to say it's vindication for years of loving this character because I'm someone who has always admitted that the reason I love Boba Fett is simply because he looks cool and that's it. Like, mm. he is the least badass badass in cinematic history. Now? Not anymore! <laughs> Boba Fett's done some fucking badass stuff in The Mandalorian. Um, which is awesome. It's like, oh, cool. Mm. Is it vindication? No, there are more important things on the planet. <laughs> bigger things to worry about, folks. And there always have been bigger things to worry about. But it is just kind of cool to be like, oh, they finally let him do X, Y, Z. It's that a neat awesome. bit of entertainment that makes us happy. The same way when Carbon in episode one used the jetpacks missile. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, that's cool. Because as a and fan, also a we've always known it can do that. Yeah. As a fan, we've always known that Boba's pack could do that because of the toys and everything. But we never saw it do that, so that's cool to finally see. I think you see Django do it in Attack of the Clones. I can't remember if he fires off his rocket or not. Why well, can't I know he jetpacks a lot though? Yeah, there's a lot of jetpacking because it was like we didn't really see Boba do that much jetpacking, so it's like give it to Django. And then obviously this series, the jetpack's been used for sort of hero moments, like Din. Din in this one, they couldn't get close to the Jedi Temple on top of the mountain because yeah. the Razor Crest. There was no space big enough for it to land. So it cuts to him holding Grogu in his arm, jetpacking toward it, and Grogu's ears are flapping in the wind. Grogu loves that shit. God, that's so funny. Speaking of the Razor Crest, J- uh, Django, no, Boba <laughs> takes out the two trooper transports yeah. with his jetpack missile. Well, he takes out one, which then collapses into the other one, <laughs> which is so cool. I love when the stormtroopers just go, yeah, no, fuck this, we're going. Like, yeah. Nope, nope, like get out of there. And he Not just lets them go. Fit. Because he knows already at this point that as soon as they like get away in the ship, that's all of them in one thing, and I'm just going to shoot it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, don't need to worry. Um, the Razor Crest is blown up. Yep, it Com- is exploded. And not like damaged, like just completely destroyed. Yeah, uh, our ship, our home, our tiny Serenity knockoff is gone. It mm-hmm. is. It is done. It is. It ain't coming back. From the wreckage, only two things emerge. The Beskar spear from last week's episode and uh, the control, the ball from the top of the lever that, that the Grogu likes knob. to play with. The shifter knob is the only the only two things that survive the wreckage. Um, and the fact that he pockets it is brilliant. It's a lovely course, little moment. While this is happening, I don't know if they have a name and I don't know if they're based on something from elsewhere in the canon. But the the black troopers that were dark hinted troopers. at, dark trooper, they Shit, are yes! based on yeah. the. There's loads of different dark yeah, troopers in they're Legends. In, they're I in, think they first appeared in Dark Forces. They're in um, 
they're in fallen order. Some of the later troopers you fight are, are clearly droids, they're, and they're they're like bulky things. They're not dark troopers. They're purge troopers. Oh, which are they are, taking cues which from the ideal uh, based on the idea of dark troopers from Legends? And of course, Fallen Order is set after the prequel trilogy, so that could be in the new canon. The impetus of the idea that yeah, okay, um, basically four of these android motherfuckers rock up take Grogu when he's exhausted and fly up to an Imperial starfighter, which is just chilling up in the atmosphere. Uh, it's a bit of a smaller one, isn't it? It's not as big as it's a, a cruiser. It's not a, yeah, it's a cruiser. It's not a full-on Star Destroyer. But Boba's able to see it and he enslave one. He tries to fly after it and get the child. And, um, and, and when they realize the risk is too high that he might harm the child, like they, they pull back. Yeah. But he sees the the imperial ship and he's like, "They're they're back, the empire." And it's like, "No, they're not. We defeat them." It's like, "No, they're back." I've just I've, I can see the ship. Yeah, it's there. It's fucking there. So the episode ends with Mando being like, "I've got to go and get the child," and uh, Fennec and, and Boba going, "Well, we're coming with you." Mando's like, "Why?" He said, "You've got your armor." It's like, "Yeah," and I said, "In exchange for that, I'll make sure that you and the child see no harm." We're coming with you. So as as upset as we were watching the child yeah. getting kidnapped and then getting bloody um, uh, uh, mocked by Moff Gideon, uh, Giancarlo Esposito having an absolute ball playing a villain who's got a wicked sense of humour. Although humor. he does, he does, uh, you know, give give some back in the way he smacks those two stormtroopers <laughs> around, storm around, around with his mind. But then gets knackered, which we, we learned as because he's so young and inexperienced, like his weaknesses, his power can be drained very quickly yeah. and he needs to recover um and and i think it's official gus frayne is no longer the most evil character no that esposito has played no because gus frayne never kidnapped and mocked baby yoda <laughs> you shit you bastard how dare you treat grogu like this <laughs> uh you the bastard. audacity the audacity the audacity um, of this bitch despite how sad this was and despite the episode living up to its subtitle the tragedy it, yeah um i i can't wait for the next two weeks because it's i know when tamura morrison pedro pascal versus giancarlo esposito when i realized that this oh the, and gina Carano, that but, at know. least the next episode was gonna be um was gonna be boba fennec and din going to free the child i just turned to keeks and said this is what i want this is what i want yeah this is what i need this is this, this is what, what i, I need it's like just how last year mm. was the empire showing up on mass to bring an assault upon uh mando and, and his gang and this time it's no that they they are going into the belly of the beast they will do anything space dad will do anything to save his tiny space baby space baby um and and I guess Cara Dune's in it, but uh, and uh, and and Mayfeld. What? Because uh, the, the, he, he's got to get the sharpshooter guy from the Prison Break episode. Oh, Bill Barr. Yeah, Bill, not Bill Barr. Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Bill Barr's the freaking <laughs> Attorney General. Good old Bill. Good old Bill uh, Burr Baggins. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. They 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 they're they're assembling a team. I don't need a team. Just give me the three that this episode yeah. ended with, and I'd be very happy. I don't think um, Kara will go with him. I don't know. She's Marshal of the new of the new Republic for Navarro now. 
True. She's, I, I think she's she'll go. I think she'll go. I think she'll go with them into the next episode, and then I don't know. All I know is we won't be talking about it on the pod next week. No, because next week's will be pre-recorded immediately after this one mm, mm. because of uh, pantomime commitments. But we will we will deep dive into episodes uh, seven and eight in our uh, Christmas episode because what's more Christmassy? Than the Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, Stalin. What? Stalin. Oh. I really enjoyed this one. <laughs> I liked it a lot. It's just, um, it continues to go from strength to strength this season. It's really, really good. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on the series as a whole, folks? Because we're going to have to ask about them next time. Did you yeah. love the Mandalorian season two? Um, what was your favorite episode? I thought my favorite episode this series so far was um, was the third one with Bo-Katan, the fishing port and everything. That that mm. was so well done. That was that was uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's episode. The series wasn't it? Yes, that was so tightly done. But I think Robert Rodriguez might have just pipped pipped it for me just because of the way this one felt and moved and looked. It's and it's very good. The expansion to the lore, but at the same time, if you've never seen any Star Wars thing apart from this TV show it still makes sense. It's like old cowboys coming after new cowboy for his stolen shit yeah. and joins cowboy to save kid. Like it yep. just, it, it works still. It I it, like, Oh yes. 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 <laughs> um, before we leave for the day. Oh, milky boy. Did you see Charlie Taggers in an Instagram post? I did, yes. Um, this so, is we've we're not we've not done a story on this because it's sort of still in the um, has apparently signed to stage. We've not had, yeah, like, the studio put no official out. confirmation yet. And also, we're talking about a project that's been in development hell for nearly two decades. But what's most fascinating about it is we talked about this before yes. with Charlie yes. <laughs> as well. Um, Metal Gear Solid is why this is so it, yeah. yeah. Metal Gear Solid is going ahead with its film adaptation. Apparently. And it seems that Oscar Isaac has signed on to play Solid Snake. Yeah, which, Jordan Vaught Roberts directing. Which, which we've talked did. about before, which is nuts that we're here. Yeah. And Charles asked us on Instagram, a question. A question. Yeah. He asked us to cast the rest of the cast. Now, I'm, I'm far from a Metal Gear head. I, well, I, am, I, I don't know my characters too well. So you're going to have to sell me on this, boy. I do. Uh, So assuming that we are getting a uh, adaptation of the original Metal Gear Solid game. Not the original Metal Gear. I was going to say, are they skipping that? (laughs) Yeah. Metal Gear. Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2, I imagine, will be skipped over. Because to be fair, most people outside of Japan, for most people outside of Japan, Metal Gear Solid is the first Metal Gear game. Hmm. Because it's it, the first two, the second one only came out on the MSX in Japan, and the first one came out on the MSX in Japan and got a very like cut down NES port for the US, United States. Yeah, so this is basically the first Metal Gear Solid game, Metal Gear game. Of course, it's the first Metal Gear Solid game. It's the first one called Metal Gear Solid. Um, so you're right there, Matt. You having a, you having a moment? So, is everything good? I'm so confused. Um, so <laughs> if we're looking at casting, we're going to look at basically Snake, 
Snake! Snake! The, the foxhound units are your main antagonists and all the bosses you fight, and a couple of key supporting members. It doesn't. We don't have to do like we don't have to cast all of the his support team like uh, Nastasha. Like she's not important. She's just there to tell you what things are. There are fifty thousand um, ocelots. Must we cast them all? <sighs> ocelots the one I've been having the most trouble with actually. Ooh. Thinking about who I'm going to cast. Um, because do you need some of this? I'm holding up Supercrem to the camera, boys and girls. Does that help? That. No. Does that help? It doesn't. It doesn't no. soothe my ocelot ring piece. <laughs> um, <laughs> so <laughs> we've got Oscar Isaac playing Solid Snake, which means that we need to have Oscar Isaac also playing Liquid Snake. Fuck yeah! Because they're twins. Yeah. That's the idea. Even I know that. Even I know that. Um, you're being supported on your mission by Colonel Campbell, your old CO, who must, of course, be played by Michael Bean. Um, because Ooh. he's an old, grizzled uh, military veteran. Um, yeah. And In fact, last week's Mando could could help plead your case on that one. Yeah. Because he was great in that. And yeah. he, has, yeah. he has been used for the basis of at least one Metal Gear cover. Um, oh yeah okay uh, so you know there is that Mm. Um, so Revolver Ocelot I I would have gone with Sam Elliott but I think he's a little too old now yeah although Ocelot is old as balls you could use Um, you could use the the age old um, casting uh, type uh, wordplay of we're looking for a Sam Elliott type. Sam Elliott type. <laughs> um, yeah, I I probably go with. I think Bradley Cooper might be interesting. Oh, also uh, immediately puts it into the A Star Is Born. Well, that's universe. that's why I thought of Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So that what, that what for the Star Is Born cinematic universe? Yeah, the connection of them playing well, well, which well, is so weird because um, when, when I first realised that about Star Is Born, I was like, well, Sam Elliott's four hundred years old. Bradley Cooper far, is older than you think he is. How far apart were these kids conceived? I know, right? Um, so yeah, I think a Bradley Cooper Ocelot, but obviously be playing older than he is. But um, Ocelot's a tricky fucker, so. You could say what's really going on. Um, Meryl Silverberg, your main sort of love interest slash um, ally uh, and secret daughter of... Niece slash secret daughter of the Colonel. Um, Jessica Chastain. Oh, shit, yes. Yes. She's the only redhead in Hollywood. (laughs) But also, she's very good. Um, also, I'm all for giving more lead uh, female roles in action films to older female actors as well. Yes, yeah. Because, you know, like, there is that horrible um, archetype going on over the last 50, 60 years, well, longer, of the leading man is an actor who's usually in their late 30s to late 50s, and the leading lady love interest is 30 years their junior. That being said, Meryl <laughs> is supposed to be younger. And less experienced, so... Nope, age her up. <laughs> age her up. Just age her up. Fuck it, age her up. 
Age up and give us some agency. The Metal Gear Solid series is many things, most of them wonderful and batshit mental, but there is some weird male gazing going feminist, on in that series. Yeah, yeah so yeah, let's so... Uh, let's give the female characters oh. some more agency and make them all. Let's, let's have a be age appropriate. Can um, uh, what's the character from Five who like she she can only breathe if she like rubs in water occasionally and she basically wears a bikini and she breathes and... through her skin so she wears the skimpy bikini and nothing else what, what, what's the character called quiet quiet okay so when quiet she, rocks up she in these also films, can't speak when quiet rocks up in these films can she be a mute assassin who's completely clothed and yes, at some please. point we just see her wash her face yes yes please. <laughs> and it's like there's your reference you um, fucking fucking nerds Please go talk. Go talk to uh, another person. <laughs> go talk to another person and form a connection. Talk to someone. Um, she's going to be like or pawn. It's going to be like um, reverse yeah. uh, uh, X Men, X Men, Wolverine, Deadpool. Well, she does nothing but talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know if they, um, you know, quiet if they let you speak, you'd be the perfect soldier. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you got the cyborg ninja slash gray fox. Um, who? Yeah, of course, I keep forgetting that all these characters have like eight different names. Yeah, fucking hell. Um, who is a uh, a soldier that Snake left for dead? Mm. Who has been somehow revived by terrible sciences? <gasps> um, Frank Yeager. Is his name. I'm gonna go with... See, I would have gone with someone like Chadwick Boseman, but he sadly passed away. Yeah. Um, Anthony Mackie could be good, but I want someone yeah. who's quite lean. More lean. Mm. Um, so maybe... I don't know. Jovian Wade? Joven Wade, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. It's maybe. About, it's about, it's about time like he started getting some film roles. He's yeah. fucking good. I like that. I like that as a as a as a shout. Um what are the what are the bosses we've got? We've got Foxhound members, we've got Revolver Oslot we've done. Uh, <laughs> we got Vulcan Raven. Who I wanna say Jason Momoa or Dave Batista. Okay. Because he's just a giant dude. <laughs> he's supposed to be. I guess he's supposed to be Native Alaskan, so there's, there's some hint of cultural appropriation in there. Mm. So that's a bit of a tricky one Trixie. with casting. But he's also massive, and carries around a big gun and stoic. So, yeah, Batista or Momoa, probably Batista. I don't think Momoa would do it. It's a bit so too like Batista, kind of reprising his role from Spectre. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like but, big and imposing and carries a gun. <laughs> yeah, but also talking a load of mystic shit. Oh god, yeah, I know he could. And, yeah, and talking yeah. to ravens. Yeah, <laughs> he's so good. He is really. He's very really good. good. He's very good. Um, just, Snipe like, all... just the opening five minutes of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Just yes, Jesus, he's so good. Sorry, go on. I'm sniper Wolf. Tangent. Kurdish yes. lady sniper. Sexy Kurdish lady sniper. Hmm. Sexy Kurdish lady sniper. Mm. Sexy Kurdish lady sniper. You know, it might be good. Because it's very different from the kind of things that she usually does. Oh. 
Numira Pass. <gasps> yes. Oh, yes. Yes. She would be quite good, I think. I'm just I'm just liking this cast. Because <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm not familiar enough with these characters to be like, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, yep, I, yep. Keep adding names of people I would definitely watch in a movie. Please yes. keep doing this. Yes. <laughs> I would like to see these people act opposite each other. Um, Numira Pass is great. Charlize Theron would have done it 10 years ago. Let's face it, Charlie Theron would do it now. Yeah, she could also do it now. <laughs> she wouldn't give a shit. She'd be like, yeah. yeah that's that's very, very true. <laughs> um, or you could update her to be a different nationality from a different Civil War. Hannah John Kamen could be good. Mm, okay. She doesn't have to be okay. Kurdish and white. Just You can change the race on her. It's not a problem. Um, yeah, it's one of those where, like, unless the ethnicity of the character is a part of their story, you can be fluid enough as long as you're not completely erasing the option for there to be a nice diverse cast. Yeah, and I think... She, but I think in the choices so far, there's definitely diversity in this cast, so it's not like... Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's, not, it's not like it would take anything away from the character per se. Yeah, I think or, those the, are... or the experience of a Metal Gear story. Oh, you'd have to have Doug Jones as Psychomantis. Oh shit, yes. This super yeah. creepy, lanky dude in leather bondage gear with a gas mask on who can read minds and float through the air. And can he? Uh, can they do what they did with uh, Captain America's notebook in Winter Soldier where it was changed for different countries? <laughs> so that they could so that they can do some of that psychomantis reading your memory card shit yeah. from, from the games. Can he make references to something? And they'll have to do... This will be, have to be something that they change so close to the release distribution to cinemas. But some that references something in that country or even that region, like record like seventy different variants, yeah. and really freak people out. Like have him address the camera in some way, be like, "The fuck was that?" Yeah, I don't get it. Or in That's the sound mix, one. you kind of hear it in the sound mix. You're like, "Wait, what the hell? Wait, what?" Yeah. Um, if you're gonna do Snake support team, then I think you want to bring on Ellen Wong as Mei Ling, just because I want to see her in more things. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, Naomi Hunter is the important one of the support team because she's connected to Grey Fox so I think you want to probably go with you want sort of a scientist lady um, quite straight laced no uh, nonsense no nonsense no nonsense no nuns in their sense what? <laughs> Evangeline Lily would be a good shout for that, actually, I think. Yeah? Um, oh, shit, yeah. If you wanted to go a little younger, maybe, you could go... Oh. <laughs> I hear Keeks whispering suggestions. Yeah. No. No, she's just saying, don't put her in a love triangle. Um, oh, but that's what she's always... Into. <laughs> okay, it needs, no, to, it needs to be someone who's younger than the person playing Grey Fox. So, um, I don't know. And also, I want to. I don't. I don't necessarily want it to be white. I want to bring in a more diverse cast. Um. Uh, maybe Letitia Wright, if she ever gets bored with uh, doing anti-vaccine stuff on Twitter. Um, it's not yeah. been a good week for Letitia Wright's PR. Um, I just want to. Like, what's wrong with asking questions? 
Oh, please. Luciferin has nothing to do with the devil, okay? It has nothing to do with the devil. Who knew that Letitia Wright would turn out to be so Letitia wrong? Oh! Ho, 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 ho! Son! Um, I saw a great meme the other day in response to that, where someone is a picture of somebody being like, like face palming, and they wrote Ryan Coogler realizing he's going to have to write yet another draft yeah. of Black Panther two yeah. from the ground up, and you're like, mm, shit. Um, oh, that's a good point. Just make if Nakia wanna, the Black Panther. Wanna... That's all I'm saying. Yeah, just you, make if... Nakia the Black Panther. You set her up in the last Black Panther movie as being a badass who travels the world and saves people. Lupita Nyong'o is amazing. Make her Black Panther. If End of wanna, story. Yeah, if we want to. <laughs> Switch around the race on on uh, Naomi. Let's go with Lupita Nyong'o. Fuck yeah, it. she's got range for days. That woman, she's she can incredible. she can play anything. I'm convinced. Um, the most one of the most beautiful oh, one of the most beautiful actresses in the whole world. Um, and she can also be a tiny shriveled or alien, a shriveled orange alien yeah. with butthole eyes. <laughs> yeah, why the fuck not? She likes that Wookie. Um, <laughs> how did you get this lightsaber? A, st- a good question for another time. Uh, how many years has it been? Five. Uh, five years. Do we have? Uh, no. Okay. Nope. Cool. Cool. Uh, and also, I can't forget that me, you, and Charlie have got a cameo as as random genome soldiers. Oh yeah, I'll tell you. Just that. like you were just like so we're just three chumps that get taken out by a snake at some point. Yeah. Because oh, we've got a cameo wh- wh- in it. while he's. Disguised in a cardboard box, obviously. One, one of us can be the one who has to keep running to the bathroom and take a shit. Because he's got... I'll take, I'll take that. Cause I'll take that. Because he's got bad guts. I'll take that. Um, um, do you think Do you think they're going to cock it up and they're going to take it too seriously, the film adaptation? I or don't... Do you think they, you know, they're going to lean not. into the absurdity of it? Or I not? hope not. Because have you played Metal Gear Solid? I've the played some of two... Oh. And I play. I I started. Um, what was the first part of number five? Uh, Ground Zeroes. Ground Zeroes. Like that. That's as much as I played. The rest has just um, been watching you, and, you and need bathing. To, I've got a disc copy of of Metal Gear Solid that you can that you can borrow. The, P- at some the, P- point. the PS One game. The PS One game. Because my father in law has uh, borrowed, and then a pandemic happened, so I've not asked for it back yet. Uh, has borrowed my PS Vita copy of the HD collection, which is two and three. Yes, that so, doesn't. Um, that sadly does not have. <laughs> I mean, you can get it digitally on the PS3. Yeah, um, but it's, I'm it's stick that disc in, boy. <laughs> it's well worth playing because uh, it's just so fucking good, and it's so <laughs> silly and weird, mm. and it only gets weirder and silly as the series goes on. But Mega Solids are really good um, grounding for how odd it can be, but also weirdly grounded as long as the film like remembers that i think they're onto a winner there that's yeah, why you, it's why you need someone like uh and they won't let they won't do this but it's why you need someone like edgar wright to helmet somebody yeah. who can handle a, a format where it is badass and cool but it is also absolutely ridiculous yeah and it doesn't compromise on either and i neither, think neither out out shines the other like they work beautifully sort of... in tandem that tonal distance is probably why the series has been in development hell for so fucking long. Yeah. Because <clears throat> it really has. A Western adaptation would just go, no, we just make it badass, and it's about conspiracies and political uh, overthrowing and, and military, and it's like, cool, you going to do any of the weird shit? No. Nope. Because it's, it's all about the weird shit. Like, it just looks slick. 
It's all about the weird shit. And the, you know they're going to chicken out on, like, facial hair and, and hairstyles and everything. It'll be like... We're just going to well, make... Okay, they've got, they've got big, long, white, flowing locks. No, we, they're just going to have uh, white, short hair. It's fine. It's okay. And it's like, no, go all out. We're just going to make The Rock again, but change all the names. Um... Wow, is The Rock basically a Metal Gear Solid film? Kind of. Holy shit. Don't it's give got, it to Bay. It's got, it's got some Metal it Gear Bay. Solid... Um... Don't give it to Bay. No, he, he's, to too, Bay. he's too reverent of the military for that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that's that's some that's some off-the-cuff casting ideas. I've had about an hour to think about it since I already spoke. <laughs> so, um, well, two hours, I suppose. And he can't yeah. brainstorm to his fullest when he's fully clothed, boys and girls. No, so... I can't. I can't. So, maybe next time, Matt will strip off and pitch someone else. But... Till then, if you want to get Butts. in touch with the show. Butts? Butts? You can do so. BigDamnContact at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter anytime you like, at BigDamnCast. If you yeah. want all of our content, it appears in visual form on yeah. the Big Damn channel on YouTube. And you can support the show. They go to patreon.com slash BigDamnCast if you want to throw some shekels to help keep the show on the air and fun toward future stuff when hopefully we can actually physically touch and hold and caress each other again in person. Maybe kiss, maybe maybe a little bit of fondling. Up I'm the jumper action. never, I'm never, no? never kissing you. Okay. You don't have to use your lips to kiss someone. You can also uh, catch Matt live on Twitch every Monday and Friday. Twitch.tv slash big damn stream. He's currently playing through Dad of Boy. I think that's what it's called anyway. Um, and uh, he's got the severed head of a Scottish man on his bum bag. Anyway, enjoy that. It's fun. I will be maybe modding that over the coming weeks. It all depends on my rehearsal schedule and willingness to see spoilers for God of War. Because I'll be picking it back up later in the month. Um, but until then, boys and girls, we'll see you next week for a definitely not pre-recorded episode that's ignoring current events. I swears to you, Matt's still trying to think about how to kiss with no lips. I am. Uh, I am. I, lo- I love you all to bits. I'll see you later. Keep thinking, Matt. Keep thinking. Stop thinking. I'll show you one day.